Welcome to the Mental Health in Schools podcast, designed and delivered by Anna Bateman. This podcast is an interview with three Year 10s who are going into Year 11. They volunteer to take part in the podcast in order to share their perceptions, their views and opinions to help others and to help other schools, particularly around social media and the link to mental health. The podcast does move away from social media about 15 minutes in and goes into something a little bit more in depth. First, a quick word from our sponsors. At Jigsaw PSHE, we believe that personal development and strategies to build mental well-being need to be taught and not left to chance. Jigsaw, the mindful approach to PSHE, leads the way in providing children and young people with its acclaimed, well-structured and developmental lesson-a-week learning experience in PSHE from ages 3 to 16. Detailed lesson plans and all the teaching resources needed, along with free updates and ongoing support, make Jigsaw an invaluable, relevant and fresh resource, taking the worry out of PSHE planning. Written by teachers for teachers. A mindfulness philosophy and practice underpins the whole programme. Statutory government requirements for relationships, health and sex education are amply covered. For more information, go to www.jigsawpshe.com or call at Jigsaw HQ. Now to the podcast. Welcome to today's um, podcast. I am joined with three young people today where we're going to be looking at the impact of social media on mental health and what schools might be able to do um, to help. So I'm just going to get them to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Fatima. Uh, hi, my name's Capital. Hi, my name's Muscoin. That's brilliant. Thanks so much for joining me today. That's brilliant. So we're just going to have a look and a chat about um, social media. I know in the media um, it's often talked about as having a negative impact on mental health for young people. So I'm really interested in exploring that with you and getting your thoughts and views. And also really interested in if you've got any insights or if you've got any ideas that you think might help schools with um, sort of balance um, and mental health and social media. So... If you think about mental health and social media now, what do you think the impact is on your mental health when you think when you're thinking about these apps and social media? I think it has a huge impact, especially on young teenagers, because there's a lot because there's a lot of teenagers out there who are really gullible and believe everything they see on social media. Mm-hmm. So that can impact them, impact their mental health. You know, they could probably feel depressed because maybe they, maybe they see that a model on Instagram or Snapchat who has everything that they want so I feel like it can have a huge impact you not I don't think it's a positive impact though no no so there's something about them comparing themselves to Definitely. people on Instagram and you say particularly like gullible people mm. do you think and you think they, people that might be gone who might like believe everything they see on social media mm. like when you go on social media, not everything you see there is true. No. So, but there's people out there who believe everything they see, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think people need to stop being so gullible and actually see the reality. You know, get off the phones, get off the computers. You know, actually see what's around them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's coming to the point where they're all being grateful. They're all stuck to their phones. They need to 
get off all of that and really communi- communicate with people in person mm. rather than social media. Very insightful. Any other thoughts? Uh, I think that um, one of the biggest things about around social media is people having the fear of missing out and that that causes you know sleep deprivation maybe even physical that they start to you know eat less because they see people like the influencers who are all skinny or in a specific way and they want to be like that mm-hmm. and so they won't stop eating not regularly exercise and all yeah. of that so you think it actually changes people's <coughs> behavior Yep. And perception of themselves. Yeah. Mm. Really interesting that fear of missing out, isn't it? So that mm. feeling that we've got to pick up our phone <clears> because <throat> we've missed out on something and that's a bad thing, you know. We might have missed out on something really, really important. I think that? social media is really bad for young teenagers, especially because they'd be on social media all the time, like they won't get off their phones. And I think they should go out a lot and should start think like getting off the phones mm. and see and see the real world outside because mm. the, the teenagers a lot be getting cyber bullied and stuff like that on social media and I don't think that's actually good for them and for their mental health. Do you think getting rid of social media altogether would be a good idea then? Not or is really. it even balanced? Not really. Because, you know, I feel like social media, it is it was first made because everyone thought it would make a positive impact. But then there's people out there who decide to abuse that and they use social media for negative things. Like, I feel like people don't understand that something as small as social media can lead to a lot of problems. Like, people get bullied, you know, because of social media. People get bullied, people, you know, get hurt. And then... But it can be used as a positive... Um, thing that's only if certain people stop, you know, being so negative on social media. So I guess that's the question. When when do you think it is a positive thing? When is it? I mean, you've all got social media accounts, huh? Right. <laughs> okay. So you're you're the teenagers with, with social media saying yeah. it's not so good. So there must be. I guess there are some good things. Yeah. Well, it provides um, a, a sense of awareness. It helps people, you know, connect with people that they didn't maybe know before it because without social media the way you'd have to communicate would be through, you know, letters or emails and that takes long but with social media it's a message goes from one place to another instantly Mm -hmm. and it also provides you know, help with people of depression loneliness and anxiety Mm -hmm. How do you think that is, is it the sense of connection that helps with depression and anxiety? Yeah, because they can speak to their friends who are, you know, maybe at their house or away from home and they can't really be together at mm. that time. But because they can text each other through social media, they are very easily linked. OK. So it's a, it's a good thing. It's great to be able to connect. It's great to be able to sort of see what your friends are doing and share experiences, I guess. Mm. Is that mm-hmm. quite yeah. a big feature of... of and, so, uh, sorry, and I feel like there's a lot of problems going around in the world, and this social media can help spread that. Like, so people can have, like you see these all these pages like GoFundMe and all these pages, and that helps people like in all around the world, like in Sudan, you know, Africa, mm. yeah. 
so some great examples of being able to help others and knowing that there's um, and there's quick and easy ways like you said GoFundMe is quite easy isn't it to, to be able to then instantly support something that you believe in okay but overall I'm getting the impression you think that social media is negative yes yeah yep. okay and the negative things are the comparisons that we can make is there anything else that you think um a lot of people get uh, anxiety and depression over social media by getting bullied and they can just be suicidal and a lot of people be sending ne- uh, negative um, texts to pe- other people and posting negative stuff that they're not supposed to post. Okay. And is it different because it's over a phone I guess some of the things that you would yeah. say to someone messages yeah you well, people, because you can't tell the yeah. tone the person's speaking in at that point you can't tell if they're being sarcastic if they're making it a joke because it's just plain text there's nothing there's no emotion in it whereas mm-hmm. when you're talking you can kind of get a feel of what the person's saying mm-hmm. and I feel like people feel a need <clears throat> to act a certain way act so negative on social media but when they are here in person, they feel the need to, you know, the, to be more like themselves. Like, I don't think that's a good thing either. You know, a lot of people want to be someone else. And, yeah. That's interesting. So we can look at other people and think, actually, I want to be like them. I don't like myself. I want to be like them. But more time they like you already, but they just don't show that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is... You guys have all got social media accounts, but you think it's a negative thing on your life. How do you help to manage that? How, how do teenagers help to manage the... I try to make my my accounts as positive as I can. Like, so when someone's there requesting to follow me, or if they already have me, they can see that, you know, you don't have to be this certain type of... I want to be myself. Mm-hmm. I want to be myself when I'm on social media. So that could spread, so maybe one person could be inspired... And then they do the same thing, and then they can spread like that. So being a good role model. Right. Okay. And being yourself and, and genuine and authentic, okay? I think if, um, you know, the influencers were able to actually stand out there and actually say, you know, this is not how I'm actually in real life. I don't, you know, walk around like this when I'm at home. I walk like this and I do this. If they were to show what they actually do, it would other people would be a lot more connected with them because that's how other people do it, because they don't sit about eating like this, they don't do that, they don't do all these things that people think that they actually do. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah, mm. so, so those influencers who've got <clears throat> millions of followers yeah. actually showing their authentic self and not just the, you know, the thing that they want to portray. And also the endorsements that they do, some of them you know, aren't actually good for people but they still endorse it, and that causes... Because they think, you know, this person actually uses it when really they don't absolutely use it. They don't even know what it is. All they want is the money, so they've taken the money and they've caused you to be in a position you don't want to be in. God, that's, and that's, that's really da- dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. We're endorsing products we have no idea about. We don't know what the impact is. That's absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. Did you have anything you wanted to say? No, I disagreed with him completely. Yeah. Like everything he just said, especially about the money. You see all these influencers who are rich, but they're rich be- like 
and you're, they're rich and here's you all depressed, all sad, wanting to be like them when you could be something even better, you know? Like, yeah, I see all these influences and I don't really see them as influences. I think, you know, everything they say is untrue mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, I just don't think they're really influences if they're really out there making people all sad and mm-hmm. feel negative about themselves. They're making money from your sleep deprivation, your anxiety, your depression <laughs> and loneliness. That's all they can make their money from. And do you know what's really interesting when you do, um, you sort of talk to, to, to children, young people, and, and certainly some of the, the things I've done in primary, for example, when you talk about, you know, what, what children's aspirations are, a lot of it's being a YouTuber, a lot of it is being the influencer. I feel like that's another problem, like... Children, they see all these YouTubers, but they don't, what they don't understand, being a YouTuber, being an influencer, it comes with like a lot of negative things. Like you see all these big YouTubers go down in the comments, all you see is negative comments. So I feel like that just shows how gullible children and teenagers can be when it comes to social media. Yeah. Mm. What I've noticed though is you, you're very, you, you very articulate in the way that you're saying you know actually this is what's great about it this isn't what's great about it this is what should change where do you where have you gained that understanding from is that something that you've had from school is that something that you've kind of worked out as you go is that something you've chatted to your friends about how is it that you can maybe yeah i'm just thinking about those more gullible people perhaps yeah that really kind of want to have your insights into how to Manage themselves. I think the school help a lot with mental health and social media because they help us with different apps that you can go to if you get bullied online, cyberbullying, and in school, I think everyone should be have the right to know about mental health and social media because everyone, lots of people have social media just to chat to friends, but there are some out there who use social media as a negative thing and bully others. So what kind of things do you think a school could do that would help you to, to listen and understand? And Well, one thing I really like about school, they, they teach us important things in a fun way. Like, we have workshops, we have plays, we have, you know, like, all these videos and just make it fun for us and easier for us to learn and to understand about the negative things about social media and mental health. So lessons? Yeah. Um, and you're saying sort of plays and um, but they're interesting and fun and they sort of help to engage you to really critically critically think about what you're doing when, yeah. you're, when you're accessing that app. I think they need to bring it down to your level, condense it down to your level because the teacher's level, they understand it in a different way to you. You're a bit younger, you don't understand how the real world actually works because you're being protected by your parents, your school, your teachers and all of this. So you wouldn't actually understand what the impact of what you're doing is. But if they were to bring it down to your level and allow you to understand it your way, it would support a lot. Have you got any examples of how that might be? What what does doing it, you know, coming down to your level in your way, is it using language you understand? Is it engaging with the lessons differently? What, what, what is that? Bringing people, you could bring people that, you know, are experienced in speaking with the youth or hold workshops and, as uh, Fine said, hold workshops and plays and all that. OK. And what would you want to see in those lessons and plays? 
just like, you know, I just want to see teachers and all these youth workers, you know, teach us about mental health in a fun way. Like, for example, when we were in year nine, we had a little concert and they were singing about mental health. And even since there are a lot of people in our year remember that because it was fun. And like, to be honest, in my personal opinion, that helped me the most like, yeah, to understand about mental health, so, yeah. And what did you gain from it? Um, you know, mental health, it could be anyone. Anyone could suffer from mental health, like someone who's got so many followers on Instagram or, like, it could be anyone. And now a short break to hear from our sponsors. CPOMS is an online system for schools to manage pastoral concerns and events and is now used by over 10,000 schools. The main reason it works so well is that the categories of information a school logs on CPOMS are chosen by the school, so that the concerns you face that are unique to your community or individuals can be logged accordingly. It saves a huge amount of time compared to doing things on paper. Chronologies for pupils or school-wide reports can be generated quickly. The Service Point support team provide an incredible standard of service and one of the main reasons that CPOMs are spread by word of mouth to so many schools. For more information, go to www.cpoms.co.uk, where you can also book a demo for your school. Now back to the podcast. So, um, what I was trying to say is, schools could do all these plays, these workshops, and yeah, it'll help, but it'll only help on a certain extent, like, we, us teenage, teenagers, we could be around thousands of people, but we could still feel alone. I think us teenagers, yeah, social media, that could change us, yeah, and the news can change us, and, like, you know, with our mental health. But what people don't understand, especially adults, is that all these workshops, all these concerts, all these, you know, things which help people for mental health isn't really... Helped, like teenagers feel alone they could be around so many people but they could still feel alone especially growing up in an area where there's a lot of violence and stabbings everyone every teenager here feels alone they feel like they can only rely on one person and that's themselves you know and I feel like that's the biggest problem us teenage teenagers have we don't feel like we don't feel safe enough to be talking to anyone. We could be having, we could have best friends, we could have cousins, we could have family, but no one could like make us feel like we're safe and we're protected. Yeah. Um, I agree with Faima. I think lots of people do feel lonely, and um, they don't show it, but they are inside. And social media really needs to get away from teenagers that get really bad anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And the school do help a lot with uh, mental health, but some people don't, like... It doesn't help some people, but it helps some of them, only some. And some people just don't get it, because they know they have the health problem. 
this don't like they don't think everyone knows about it only they like it. it definitely has an impact but not as much as people would think like most of the time we just need that one youth worker that one person just one just come with us and just talk to us just like that not all these pages and all these concerts you know right so I think what you're saying is the school can only do so much mm. and what the school does um, is great and it's, and it's interesting and you can engage with it. But actually, um, what's going on in the area and the safety that you feel in, within the community has a big impact on your mental health. Definitely. And, and I think you're saying a youth worker or somebody that you feel you could trust, that you could talk to. Is that somebody in school that you could? Is that somewhere that you feel you can? I think no teenager here, only like, like only a little bit, like only a few teenagers can have the courage to go talk to someone here. I think that's great, but most teenagers here, they just can't do it. It's a feeling I can't really explain. They just, obviously most of them grew up in an era and they just don't have it in them. They just can't trust anyone. And it's going to be hard for them to trust someone, but we really do need them to, you know, go out there and find someone they could trust. I think they need to find someone who's open and who is engaging with them because not all teachers are open and engaging. You know, some of them have their own issues that they have to deal with, so they can't be there to deal with your ones. But if you have, like, one designated person who's open and, you know, you're comfortable with talking with, if everybody's comfortable with talking with them, <coughs> because in this area nobody really... As Fam was saying, nobody trusts anyone. So if you have that one person that you can actually trust, mm. that you can speak to, that you can open up to, and they have a bond with the students, then, yeah, you can have a lot less mental health in areas like this. Yeah. Like, in places like these, in these areas, more like, I don't know if you heard, but, like, every man for themselves or every woman for themselves, because there's no, like, this you just cannot trust anyone at all. Mm. And we need someone who not only is going to be open, like Abdul said, but will also understand exactly what we mean. Mm. Like, we've been in that situation. I think um, children, the teenagers, can talk to other staff around our school, but they just don't, just don't want to say it because they think that it's going to spread or something. And that's why they don't want to tell other people. So, you know, I've spent the past 14 years of my life in an area like this and I'm not going to lie, I've never really felt safe, never really felt... I always felt like I have to have my walls up and even though, you know, I'm not... You know, I don't live here no more, but even though I moved, I still feel like I still need to have my walls up. Mm -hmm. Like this, you know... And that could be a good thing, but I don't think, you know, having walls up could also be a bad thing. Mm. Like, I always feel like I have to be distant, like, be distant with people, mm. you know. Friends, I feel like, obviously, I have friends, I trust them, but only I find it hard to even talk to them about certain stuff, mm. you know. And um, that's the one thing teachers just cannot... I don't think any of them really understand it, because we're also different... There's no way of people, the teachers, to understand what we mean mm. unless they've, you know, been in our situation. And do you think being able to talk about it talk definitely about it helps? Like you have, and so that other teachers understand that it's yeah. different. 
you know that when you don't feel safe in the area and when you don't when you feel like you need to put permanent barriers up and I think you're absolutely right I mean it's very insightful those barriers are really helpful to us at times but if they're up there permanently then that's not great because we we can't get the support we we don't let people in and we don't sort of make those relationships that help us maintain good good mental health and well-being and what teachers um fail to understand is you see all these teenagers and they all react to stuff like this so differently so when they're being shy to that or being told off they don't really understand that maybe that it's something else that's bothering them so I feel like that's another thing so just to unpick a little bit more about why someone's behaving in the way they are yeah so it's not always oh let's go punish them let's go put them in detention it's more like you know if you want to help help us properly you know try to understand try to help us don't punish us for just you know being a certain way yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said there about that. So the more that we can sort of create a little bit of an oasis with the school, so mm. when you talked about the area and not feeling safe and not being able to trust others, the more that we can kind of create an oasis of calm in school where you can, there are trusted adults um, and friendships, then that's going to help some yeah. that. And the other thing is, in, if you have like a person who came from within the area that the school's in, and, you know, they understand the troubles that the person goes through, mm. then that can really help because then they they kind of link in a way. They have a mutual relationship and they can speak to each other. They can maybe even create a bond that will save the person from being in a permanent barrier. <coughs> Fatima, Kavdor and Muskan, I want to say a massive thank you to you for your time today. So thank you for your insights thank and, for your and for being willing to talk openly about how things are for you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having These three articulate and reflective young people have shared with us the damaging effect that cyberbullying, influences and being vulnerable can have on mental health. They've described a pull, haven't they? Or might we call it an addiction to the fear of missing out? They share their frustration and fascination with online influences and how this can impact on vulnerable people. But the importance of feeling connected and being able to help others is also seen as a positive impact. They talked about digging deeper with behaviour and schools not just punishing, but understanding what might be going on. This is quite interesting as it comes up in future podcasts. What was brought up later in the podcast was an important message for all of us, deliberately being given, that violence and feeling unsafe in our community has the biggest impact of all on our mental health. They said it creates loneliness Barriers, self-reliance, fear and a mistrust of others. They talked about a desperate need in their community for someone whom they can trust. The resources section provides a link to handout, including sound bites from the podcast, which you might want to use in training for staff or lessons with young people as a basis for discussion and debate. I've also included a link to the National Online Safety Organisation. They're a fantastic company who support schools across the UK and have provided an exclusive 10% off to schools who sign up as a member. To find the resources, go to halcyon.education forward slash podcasts.
We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. For more information and support on this topic, go to the resources section at the end of the website. That's www.halcyon.education.com forward slash podcasts.